Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, president of Minnesota Hospice and your host for today's program. I am joined today by my good friend and colleague, Barbara Larson, RN and director of clinical services for Minnesota Hospice. She is also a certified hospice and palliative nurse. Thank you, Barbara, for being here. Thank you, Ken. We are just coming off a great program last week entitled, When Is It Time for Hospice? And I think we started with one question, and we ended up addressing several questions, because that's how the conversations go when we are talking with people in the community, is they just have a whole range of questions. And so we are going to continue um, on that topic today. Um, But first, uh, we just want to mention that we are so excited for the opportunity to continue having weekly conversations about end-of-life healthcare. We believe hospice is one of the most important specialties of the healthcare continuum, but also one of the most misunderstood, confusing, and unfamiliar healthcare options available to people as they approach end-of-life. Minnesota Hospice is a medical practice specializing in guiding patients and families at end-of-life. Our organization was founded by local physicians with a mission to create the gold standard in end-of-life care. We believe in the golden rule of simply serving others as we would like to be served. This principle drives our commitment to be an advocate for our patients and to provide comprehensive, personalized care to both our patients and their families. Our office is located in Lakeville, Minnesota, and our agency has been serving local communities for 10 years. We currently provide outpatient hospice services in the Twin Cities South metro area and southern Minnesota communities. One of the missions at Minnesota Hospice is to increase the public's awareness of the benefits of hospice by providing information and education for our communities to empower patients and families to make informed decisions regarding their end-of-life health care options. In addition, we are dedicated to providing comfort and compassion through extraordinary care, along with hope and inspiration through encouragement and innovative services. You can reach us at our office by calling 612-930-3339 or by email at radio at mnhospice.com or online at minnesotahospice.com. Last week, we talked about when is it time for hospice? And we had several great points that we were trying to explore and unpack. And uh, we are going to have a great time this week uh, talking more about that. Um, but first, uh, I want to be, before we start looking at that, I want to talk about uh, upcoming events that are really significant in the world, in the world of hospice and palliative care. Uh, first is the annual Leading Age Minnesota Institute Conference for Older Adult Services Providers. Leading Age Minnesota is an organization driven to transform and enhance the experience of aging. They serve as catalysts working alongside members, caregivers, advocates, and consumers to collectively shape the future of aging services and ensure older adults in every Minnesota community live with dignity, meaning, and purpose. Together with more than 50,000 caregivers, their members provide quality, compassionate care to 63,000 older adults every day in all the places that they call home, including independent senior housing, assisted living communities, in-home care, adult day services, and skilled nursing facilities. The annual Leading Age Minnesota Institute Conference for Older Adult Services is being held February 7th, 8th, and 9th at the River Center in St. Paul. Please check out their website at leadingagemn.org. Another big event coming up here uh, in the spring is being put on by my friend Susan Marshak, who is the executive director for the Minnesota Network of Hospice and Palliative Care. She just announced an exciting event to kick off the 28th annual Minnesota Hospice and Palliative Care Conference in April. She is welcoming Dr. Ira Bayak for a special evening on Monday, April 9th at the Doubletree Hotel in Bloomington. Susan and her team host almost 1,000 people every year at this conference. It's the largest uh, conference on hospice and palliative care in the country, and we have people that come from all over the nation to attend this, uh, this special annual conference. 
for those unfamiliar with Dr. Bayok, who is going to be the, one of the keynote speakers at the conference, he is a preeminent voice of hospice and palliative care today. His career as a practicing physician and leader in the hospice and palliative care community has spanned three decades. He is best known, though, as the author of transformative books such as Dying Well and The Four Things That Matter Most. Dr. Bayak's books are widely considered essential texts for anyone providing care or counsel to others facing serious illness or end of life. And they also are an insightful and inspiring read for everybody else. Dr. Bayak's mission of providing whole person care and his dream of making it the end-of-life journey meaningful for both patient and family is more relevant today than ever before. You will be enlightened and inspired hearing about his experiences and stories in caring for patients and families through serious illness and end-of-life. This is a must-see event for anyone interested in hospice and palliative care. Tickets for the event are now available on the Minnesota Network of Hospice and Palliative Care website. Um, This event will sell out. So if you're interested in attending, please register soon. Um, You can uh, check that out at mnhpc.org. Another uh, special event coming up this year um, being put on by the Minnesota Hospice and Palliative Care Network is uh, the collaboration with playwright Syl Jones and Mixed Blood Theater's Jack Ruler in an exciting new project that will bring an original play and community dialogue to stages across Minnesota with the goal of fostering conversations about end-of-life health care and choices. Again, please check out the mnhpc.org website for more information. A couple more announcements here. Uh, Quickly, the the team at Minnesota Hospice is uh, sponsoring a five-part series called Lifting the Veil, a series of conversations revealing the spiritual truth about dying and death that is being co-hosted by Reverend Debbie Meckley and medical social worker Heidi Simon. That is coming up here in January and February. Please feel free to get more information at visiting unityofthevalleymn.org. Once again, that's unityofthevalleymn.org or feel free to call us at Minnesota Hospice at 612-930-3339. Well, that's it for the updates on the events and happenings. Let's start getting back into that uh, topic, Barbara, about when is it time for hospice. We, we talked about a lot of things last week. Um, and you know, one of them was what is hospice? How is it different from palliative care? That uh, palliative care is a part of hospice, but palliative care by itself uh, is different than hospice. Hospice has a whole nother level of services and support, both for emotional, spiritual, and psychological elements for both the patient and the family, which, again, people are so confused about that. Um, Because one of the questions, when when you ask patients, I find this fascinating, when you ask dying patients what's what's your biggest fear and you know what they rarely say it's about death right it's about how are my family how will my family handle my passing right and again without that hospice program to surround them and their family to help with resolutions and help with questions and and help that whole process Boy, they're really, yeah. they're 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 really on an, they're isolated. Before in, in they a, die, they can see actually see right. things being resolved in their family. And, right. And uh, I know. Right. I mean, again, it's it's helped to actually create a very peaceful passing. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, we could get our 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 psych social team in here and <laughs> talk about some of these amazing stories of of yeah. you know, end of life, the moments before the yeah. the passing. 
Um, we're just going to wrap up this first segment here. But I did also want to say we did talk about referrals as well, you know, the referral process, because that is so confusing right. as people think that they need to get a referral from a uh, – a physician or uh, they're one of their practitioners that they're helping guide their health care with. And that's not true as well. Um, you, you, as correct. you mentioned, a referral can come from anybody, a family or outside the family. Right. And sometimes they do come from outside the family. Yeah. A referral is just the phone call yeah. to a hospice asking for, asking for help, right. asking for information. Yep. And, uh, you know, the average person is not an expert in understanding end-of-life care, so yeah. they just need somebody to help them navigate through all these things that are going on. And is it end-of-life or isn't it? And it might not be end-of-life. Right, right. It might not. But um, un until you ask somebody that, that has the expertise in that field, you know, you don't know. Right, right. And and when you think of all throughout the course of our health care, we always seek out the specialist to take care of that specific need that we have going on, um, whether it's cardiac, pulmonary, whatever. Right. We, we seek out the specialist. Right. So it makes sense to seek out the specialist at your end of life care, also. Yeah. Well, tell you what, let's uh, let's take a break, um, and we'll get jump back into this topic, and we'll continue to explore when is it time for hospice, and also the other questions that come from that answer. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. We will be right back. Once I was seven years old. My Hello, Richard from Auto Technical. Imagine life without a car. Just getting to daycare, then to work on the bus. Do you have a car or truck to donate? We have families waiting for a reconditioned vehicle from Auto Technical. Your gift will change their lives. Remember... We recondition the vehicle so you'll receive a much higher tax deduction. 612-919-5526, autotechnical.org. The first sentence of his email said, I'd like to stay anonymous. And the second sentence said, I'd like to donate a million dollars to the Global Good Fund. Where should I send the check? I'm Tony Lloyd, and I'm the host of the brand new show, Social Entrepreneur. If you love stories that engage, inform, and inspire, you don't want to miss it. Join us every Monday from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. People of the warmth, charm, and great food at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. Tonight, try their Vittles, Vino, and Beer, a full slab of baby back ribs grilled over mesquite charcoal, juicy jerk chicken with Caribbean beans and rice, grilled plank salmon, and their famous shrimp and grits. Try a Milton's ribeye or the Portobello mushroom and end your night with carrot cake, bananas foster, or rum cake. The perfect meal for a date or a casual get-together, that's Vittles, Vino, and Beer at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. Morning. Last year, over 40,000 Americans died in car-related accidents. Not a pleasant thought, is it? In fact, as thoughts go, it's downright depressing. Well, that's where we can help cheer you up. We're StandUpRecords.com, and we offer the finest in CDs, DVDs, downloads, and merchandise from the best comedians on Earth. Artists like Mark Maron, Maria Bamford, Eddie Pepitone, and Doug Stanhope. Available at fine record stores, Amazon.com, and the iTunes Music Store. That's StandUpRecords.com. Come on, listen to us while you're driving. Live dangerously. Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin, wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Six unique, fun, exciting, winning destinations located throughout central Wisconsin. Make your rounds to Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, or Wisconsin Dells for the hottest slots, most exciting games, award-winning guest service, delicious food and spirits, lodging, and live entertainment. Join the Ho-Chunk Gaming Rewards Club for free. And with a single card, you can earn valuable points no matter which of the six locations you choose to play. That means more Exclusive offers, giveaways, cash back, discounts, and much more. Visit us online to see all we have to offer and find the fun times nearest you at HoChunkGaming.com. So wherever you are and however you like it, we're just the place you're looking for. Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin, Wittenberg, Nakusa, Black River Falls, Toma, Madison, and Wisconsin Dells. Experience the difference. Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin. Must be 21 or over to play. Seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old, 
Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Barbara Larson, RN, Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She's also an expert in hospice and palliative care. She's certified as a hospice and palliative care nurse. Um, we just started to, to talk more about that key question of when is it time for hospice. And uh, I wanted to mention, as we open up this second segment, that um, in order to get hospice care, it's not something that a patient can just voluntarily ask for, uh, like going to see the doctor, whether it's a a general practitioner or even a specialist. Um, You have to actually be eligible. This is one one of those rare things in maybe healthcare that you you just can't say, I I feel like getting hospice care. I think I want to be on hospice now. (laughs) Right. Yes, there there is an eligibility requirement for hospice. And, And so whenever people that I talk to hear about that, oh, you need to be eligible to be admitted to a hospice program, that gets them a little bit confused, and they don't. Again, that's where it gets un, you know misunderstood a little bit yeah. as to how that process worked. And and one thing that's why I tell them uh, this organization, Minnesota Hospice, being founded by medical doctors, local physicians, to be able to partner with the medical community, so that when when people do exhaust the curative options, that there is a natural transition right. into a physician-driven, physician-managed program called hospice, which is, as we talked about last week, is a, a government Medicare benefit that yeah. is open to everybody as long as they meet the eligibility requirements. Right. And so last segment, we started talking about referral process and, and what's involved with that and, and why it's important to make that call early on in the process because yeah. we, we never know how long a patient may live. I mean, we, we, we see that all the time. I mean, yeah. um, our, our, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to determine trajectories um, and in the normal course of a, a disease progression. But that's why we're specialists in this field. We see it all the time. That's all we yeah. do, Barbara, is is take care of people at end of life. So we exactly. see the signs and symptoms to maybe help make that that referral process timely. And our and our next show <laughs> is going. Yes. I do want to address some of those some of those. Uh, what do those signs look like? Right. Right. What do those signs look like? But, but let's get yep. back to today. Yes. So. Just to differentiate now, the referral, calling with a referral does not mean you're going to be admitted to hospice. Right. So I don't want our audience or our listeners to think that, well, if I call a hospice or I'm going to get pressured to (laughs) sign up for hospice. No, we have Medicare rules that we have to follow, those guidelines. So you do have to be eligible. So the referral process is really just really look at it as more of an information gathering. Mm-hmm. Let's We'll talk about the patient, look at what's been going on, and evaluate whether they are eligible. Mm-hmm. Because there's really only one criteria of eligibility for hospice. And that just means, it, all it is is that your physician has to certify that if your disease were to continue at the current progression or to follow its expected course, that you would likely have a six-month life expectancy, six months or less. Or less, okay. You know, prognosticating diseases is not an easy thing to do. Um, that's another reason why some physicians are reluctant to uh, have people get onto hospice because they're uncertain with this, well, how can I prognosticate six months? Um but that's where hospice experts come in because mm-hmm. we see this all the time so we can help the physician um, to right. see these symptoms at the end of life. Um, so that's really the only, the only criteria. Right. Um, you just, your doctor just has to be able to say that. So, so then, that ask, then I ask myself the next question, I think. So who should receive hospice then? Who, who should receive it? So in my mind... It, Anyone whose doctor has determined that their illness is causing a life limited a life expectancy that's limited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any patient or family that's chosen care 
that focuses on symptom management rather than curative. Okay. And for patients or families who choose no extreme measures to sustain life. So that would be someone who who has a chronic illness. I'm going to use a congestive heart failure as an example. Frequently going to the emergency room, filling up lungs, getting a lot of fluid, um, a lot of shortness of breath, a lot of problems with swelling, and just constantly going back and forth to the emergency room um, to help them get the fluid um, out of their lungs and things. What it means for a patient or family who chooses no extreme measures, that's kind of where that falls into, where the, the patient may just say, I don't want to go back to the hospital anymore. That's I'm done going back to the hospital. Oh, sure. I'm done. Right. Or the patient that has gone to the emergency room, their heart stopped and they were resuscitated. Uh, for them to now say, I do not want that. I don't want that done again. Mm -hmm. I don't want any life-sustaining things done for me. I know I've got a very late-stage heart disease, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be resuscitated. Mm -hmm. um, though, again, those are people who should start having conversations with their families or their physician about. Well, if that's what my, uh, if that's what my goal is mm -hmm. going to be for my end of life care, then I probably should be looking at hospice care. Well, that also brings up a point. And one of the previous shows we had was about advanced care planning. Yeah, and exactly. how there's there's a there's a big push now by just in society in general, but the medical community, people want to know, what do you want to have done? And and that changes yeah. as we go through life. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, and, and we can we can revisit some of those topics in a later show, but, um, but one of the questions I want to ask you, Barb, about who should receive hospice, one of the questions I get a lot, is it only for cancer patients? Yeah. And is and is that true or is that false that that hospice care is only for for cancer patients? That that is false. Okay. Um, but it's um, it's one of the the most common myths because that's how hospice did start in our country. Oh, that was the original uh, driver of hospice. The original care driver cancer. were cancer patients. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, any um, any disease process that has reached the point of a life expectancy of six months or less is an accepted diagnosis. Um, this is an interesting one. Um, we have admitted people to hospice who have fallen and broken their hip. Oh. And because of, let's say, dementia, they're not a candidate for surgery to go in and have that surgically repaired. Um, so now they're going to be bed bound. Oh, um, sure. The prognosis for that patient is probably death within six months. So, you know, any diagnosis. That's why I say it can be anything yeah. that gives okay. you that life expectancy of six months or less. Well, let's, let's also, when we get back from break here, let's talk about people also are afraid that if they live longer than six months, they use up the benefit. And yeah. that, so let's, let's, let's hold that thought and we'll come back after break and um, we'll continue that discussion. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. I can tell them stories. Most of my boys are with me. Some are still out seeking glory. And some I had to leave behind my brother. I'm still one Voice Mixed Chorus, Minnesota's LGBTA Chorus, returns to the Ordway Concert Hall for Sanctuary, an unforgettable evening of choral music celebrating the music of immigrants who make Minnesota home, including Scandinavian, German, Irish, Mexican, Hmong, and Somali. One Voice will also perform You Will Be Found for Broadway's Dear Evan Hansen and I Come From Good People. That's at the Ordway Concert Hall Friday, January 19th and Sunday, January 21st. Call 651-224-4222 or check out onevoicemn.org for tickets today. Um, hello? If your taxes from years past are talking to you from the back of that drawer in your desk, it might be about time you answered the call by making a call to Moe's Tax Service in St. Paul. Time to come out now. They've been preparing tax returns and creating advisory-based relationships with their clients since 1971. Kind of stuffy in here. Problems with the IRS don't go away by ignoring them. Call Moe's Tax Service. That's M-O-H-S. They're on Ford Parkway in St. Paul. 612-721-2026. 721 2026 
Mishad Kuli Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Kuli Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Kuli Erickson designs safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Love the Scandinavian feel of Ingebretsen's on East Lake Street? Then I invite you to also Ingebretsen's Coffee Bar in Norway House on East Franklin Avenue. Our menu includes Nordic waffles, Lovsa dogs, and Scandinavian pastries and cookies, which pair well with our Spring Grove sodas and Viking Viking coffee, especially roasted for us by Peace Coffee. Also, Ingebretsen's Coffee Bar is located at 913 East Franklin Avenue and online at ingebretsen's.com. The first vowel is an I, the rest are E's. Hey, Minnesota, Norman Goldman here. The furniture business is one of those industries that's full of fake sales and false discounts. This is the age of the hashtag illegitimate fake president, and haven't you been lied to enough? That's why you need to check out Habitation Furnishing and Design. Habitation offers some of the coolest furniture in Minneapolis at fair prices every day. No fake sales, no phony discounts, just honest, intriguing, and really unique furniture. Check out Habitation on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park or visit HabitationDesign.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny and cold with a high near 4 and wind chill values as low as negative 18. Tonight, increasing clouds with a low around negative 7 and wind chill values of negative 16. Tomorrow will be snowy with highs of 15 and wind chills of negative 15. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday at Canterbury Park in Shakopee. See up to 150 home improvement experts. The Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday only at Canterbury Park. It's the smart place to start your home improvement project. See it all at expoguys.com. That's expoguys.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Barbara Larson, RN, Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She's also a certified hospice and palliative care nurse. Well, when we left the last segment, and a great conversation, Barbara, um, we were talking about some of the things about who should receive hospice and some of the questions that come up as we address this over- overriding question of when is it time for hospice. And, and one of the things that we talked about off air during the break was um, people have mentioned a concern about getting onto hospice too soon because they are under the impression that the benefit of being on hospice only is for six months. And that is completely not true. Yeah, that's completely not true. Would you mind talking a little bit about about how that benefit uh, works for hospice care once a person is admitted into hospice? And are are there limitations in terms of how much time a person can be on hospice? Uh, Well, there really aren't limitations as long as your physician still feels that your disease puts you in the life expectancy of six months or less okay um the the thing about this is that and you're very you're very true um that a lot of people do think well medicare is saying you need to have a life expectancy of six months or less so if i'm living longer than that six months yeah then i i'm either not eligible anymore now for hospice or i've used up all the hospice days there there is no limit to the number of days you can get in hospice care and the way Medicare works this, and I'll try and be brief on this so we can yeah, keep, on going. Uh, keep sure. on going, is just that we certify a patient first for 90 days. Okay. And then 90 days after that, if we still feel they're eligible, we, we what we do what we call recertify them. Mm-hmm. And that's just the requirement for Medicare where we just look and go, yes, this and this and this is still going on. This is why I still feel that they should stay on hospice. Mm-hmm. After... Th- 
the second 90-day period. So that would mean when you reach that 180 days right, or six, six months, months yeah. if the patient is still on hospice, then we can still recertify them. It just requires now that our medical director go out and have a, a, a personal face-to-face visit and assess the patient. Okay. Medicare now says, okay, well, the prognosis is going a little longer. Let's just make sure now that a physician really still feels that this mm-hmm. patient is, is eligible. So okay. you cannot exhaust the days. Okay. But we have graduated some folks oh, from hospice. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's not because they ran out of days. It's no. just because the great care they got from hospice kind of put them on a nice mm-hmm. balanced plateau again. They stabilized. They and, stabilized okay. and they're no longer meeting that prognosis of six months or less diagnosis so that that doesn't mean they can't come back on hospice at some point in the future that's right right. they can come back on hospice at any time again if their condition changes and their physician feels that you know now we may be looking at that six month prognosis okay okay thank you for clarifying that because that is one of the most common questions that we do get yeah about the fear of running out of that benefit and that is not the case with hospice thank you um well, so let's start to dig in a little bit again to our, when is it time for hospice? Yeah. Um, you know, there there are some things that could trigger uh, a conversation about whether hospice is something that should be discussed. And so that's what I want to share here just a little bit right now is like, what are some of these things? What would be... Maybe it's just some general guidelines that as a family member or as the patient or a caregiver, you could look at um, and, and put together, I guess, build your, build your case mm-hmm. for maybe hospice conversation should happen. And one of those um, is frequent hospitalizations. Um, are you our, our, excuse me here, are you or your loved one? Frequently seen in the emergency room. You know, um, sometimes our diseases start to get to a point where we are frequently going to the doctor or frequently going to the emergency room so that we can have symptoms managed. Um, And I'm thinking of like congestive heart failure patients that Mm -hmm. frequently, you know, fill up with fluid and uh, need to go into the emergency room and get an IV and they get some diuretics and it gets some fluid off of them and mm-hmm. then they're good for another month and then they're back again. Um, sometimes respiratory patients to uh, COPD patients, uh, you know, that have difficulties with shortness of breath. So I think one thing you could use as a guideline, and again, I'm going to emphasize this is a guideline. Mm-hmm. I, In no way am I... Am I saying that if you've been in the emergency room three or more times in the last year, you should be on hospice? What I am saying is if you've been in an emergency room for the same thing Mm -hmm. three or more times in the same year, then maybe it's Mm -hmm. time to start a discussion or conversation with your family and with your physician Mm -hmm. over where's my disease headed here? You know, I've been in the emergency room three times. Right. You know, let's let's talk. Um, another thing that uh, can be kind of a red flag or one of those triggers would be progressive weight loss that's unintentional. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes we start losing weight, or someone in it during an illness can start losing weight, and we try and do all sorts of things to. Uh, to change that, we start drinking Boost. We start drinking Ensure. Mm-hmm. We start eating ice cream every night before bed. We just try and increase our calories, and we're still losing weight. And it's not, it's not putting weight on us or stopping that weight loss. Um, that's just another trigger that you might want to start a discussion with your physician about. Mm-hmm. Why is it that no matter what you do to gain weight or stop the loss, you're still losing weight? Mm-hmm. Um, so weight loss unintentional another thing can be um, recurrent infections Um, so this can be common with uh, heart failure patients it can be common with dementias common with um, COPDs or respiratory Uh, the folks that get frequent pneumonias bronchitis urinary tract infections or you know the 
uh, cardiac patients that have a lot of swelling or edema in their legs. And so they frequently are getting an infection that we call cellulitis Mm -hmm. in their legs. But these just just continue, and we just have repeat episodes of this during the course of a year. Again, this doesn't mean you should be on hospice, but it should just be a trigger in your mind to start you thinking or to start your family members thinking, maybe it's time we need to start talking to the doctor about this mm-hmm. or even just start talking to our loved one about their declines and the things that we're seeing. Um, so again, you know, I just want to make sure the audience understands. I'm, I'm not saying that if you go to the emergency room three or four times in a year, you're going to die and you should be on hospice. Mm-hmm. I just really feel, though, that these are things that through my career in hospice so far that I've seen as um, pretty accurate indicators mm-hmm. that if you are not already in an end stage of your disease, you are approaching an end stage in your disease. Mm-hmm. And because of that, some conversation should start to transpire now about what do you want that end of life to look like if this really is in fact the end stage of the disease and there's no more that can be done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so well a lot of times i the, my talk to folks they they find themselves just they're exhausted they're they're either they've been in treatment for a while or the progression of the disease has just created a level of exhaustion. Yeah. And I've, um, even in talking to, to EMT and paramedics, they start to get what they call the f- frequent flyers. I mean, yeah. they're, they're going back to the home or back to the facility, you know, several times for the person. And, and they find that the patient is just getting exhausted because yeah. the transport process, the, the waiting, the queuing up into the hospital or the urgent care, those all are very stressful for yeah, they a are. person and very who exhausting is, for yeah, someone who's, that's frail who's frail who's mm-hmm. or uh, ill ill or or yeah i mean at uh, uh at a certain point in that process and and uh and and they tell me too they said boy these people are should be on hospice i mean they 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 really yeah. should be getting that other level that additional level of cares mm-hmm. that hospice can provide and again many times they said they just they don't know that yeah. people just don't know that that's available as yeah. an option yeah. for them to make a decision on. Yeah. Um, you know, I yeah. might add, too, just one thing that uh, would be another trigger could just be frequent falls. Yes. Frequent falling is 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 really a, a sign that there is really overall physiological mm-hmm. changes causing your decline, your muscles to get weaker. Um, you know, sometimes physical therapy can help because sometimes it is due to lack of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've tried some physical activity and still find that your loved one is still falling and they have not gotten stronger with the physical therapy, um, you know, good time for a hospice conversation to yeah. to start to manifest. Uh, yeah. Just start that and... Yeah. Well, the more you ask know, for a referral or right, a consult, yeah, right. And the more you have a chance to become educated about the process, the the process of the disease or diseases that you're experiencing um, with you or your loved one, but then also what are the options available to you with the personalized hospice care? Right. Again, the the better off you're able to make those good, timely decisions. Um, one of the questions that I, I just thought of that I get is um, uh, people asked, well, is it is it hospice that causes people to die? <laughs> and I tell them, no, no, it's not the hospice treatments. Um, but uh, in the last minute here, do you want to just mention that? We can, we can talk about this too in the next segment. Yeah. But do you want to just mention that? Um, yeah. How, and people mention about morphine as well or treatments. You know, again, there are so many myths about <laughs> hospice, and that is one of them. That is one of them. And, you know, it's easy for that myth to stay alive, particularly when people get on hospice three days before they die or five days before oh, they sure. die or very spend a very short time because oftentimes then family members equate the death with getting onto hospice. Okay. 
oh, look what happened. We brought mom on to hospice, and she died three days later. Right. And so, right. you know, yeah. they they we haven't had enough time as a hospice to work with the family mm-hmm. to bring them on, you know, at, at their acceptance level, to help them through the anticipatory grief. Right. And so, you know, they're very commonly going to think that, it was hospice that caused that death. Right. Something we gave them, something we took away right. that caused the death. Right. Um, and morphine is one of them. Sometimes we use morphine, sometimes we don't. But, right. but comfort is important comfort to us. The, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, at, at a later show, I really, um, I would really like to address just some of those myths about uh, morphine yeah. and some yeah. of the things that hospice does. Well, let's do that. Well, thank you, Barbara. We will be right back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Celeste is a true celebration. This is Colette, and we've created two themed chocolate collections for this year's football playoffs. These chocolates are the world's finest artisan chocolates with distinct, unforgettable flavors that will sweeten your team's victory and soften the sting of defeat. Having a party? Skull! Check out our football-themed chocolates. We're an approved vendor through the NFL Business Connect program. Call 651-644-3823 or visit chocolatecelest.com. Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio. And I'm Karen. Join us every Saturday at 8 a.m. It's all about food, you know, Laura. Right, the health of the planet. You know, carbon-based farming can solve the climate crisis. Well, because community is medicine. And it's not about one seed to rule them all anymore. One seed rules the world. Yeah, let's have something else. Let's, like, worry about our individual health, our community health, the health of the planet, while eating food. Yeah, because it's all tied to food. So listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. On AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. What could be more Russian than Matryoshka, the nesting doll? I welcome you to see one of the largest collection of Matryoshka in the world, now on display at the Museum of Russian Art. A stunning range of sizes, types and airs are represented, showing how this iconic souvenir has evolved over the last 120 years. Our thanks to Target for sponsoring this extraordinary exhibition, Open Daily. Find out about all our exhibitions and events at tmora.org. That is tmora.org. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Sex trafficking, including men paying to have sex with underage teen girls, often spikes around big sporting events. With the Super Bowl just a few weeks away, what is being done to stop sex trafficking in Minnesota? Listen to a discussion with law enforcement and sex trafficking survivors this Monday at 8 p.m. on AM 950 Radio. You'll be shocked by the stories, but given hope by what is being done to make change. That's this Monday at 8 p.m. on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, friends. I've been talking to you about Minnesota's first green cemetery, Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's an entirely new way of looking at our last earthly step. Burials are designed to have as little impact on the environment as possible. For many of us, a continuation of the commitment we made during our lifetimes. Let me suggest you go to the website, mngreengraves.com. Explore what it is. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's a lovely place, a peaceful place. Minnesota's first green cemetery. Soon we'll be 30 years old Our songs have been sold We've traveled around the world And we're still roaming Soon we'll be 30 years old Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Barbara Larson, RN and Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She's also a certified hospice and palliative care nurse. We have been talking today about the big question, when is it time for hospice? And all the sub-questions that come about when people do ask that question. And um, we've also talked a lot today about what hospice involves. 
um, what are the additional cares that come along with hospice and how hospice is much different than palliative care. Palliative care is a component of hospice, but hospice is a much larger uh, level of um, cares and services that are provided to a patient and their family once a patient becomes eligible uh, to be admitted into a hospice program. So um, let's continue our uh, conversation here with Barbara and talk about the different services that hospice provides when a uh, a patient becomes eligible to receive hospice. Yeah. You know, we've how you make a referral, who should have hospice, triggers mm-hmm. that might start a hospice conversation. Yep. But I think it's time we tell them what do you actually get <laughs> when you get hospice. Um, so you, you get a medical director. You get a physician that's available to our nurses 24-7. 365 days a year, 24-7. And if you think about it, that is a tremendous benefit Mm -hmm. to the patient because what it does is it allows our nurses to address a problem before it becomes a crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, Facility caregivers that we partner with, Ken, they've shared with, uh, with me and with our team members just how long it can take sometimes for them to reach the patient's primary physician when they've had a symptom or a problem that's been going on. Sometimes it could even take several hours before they got a response back from the primary physician. And no fault of the primary physician, but he's in clinics seeing patients all day long. And so, um, you know, prioritize, and you you fall to the the end-of-the-day phone call Mm -hmm. oftentimes. So having a hospice-dedicated medical director um, is just a tremendous... Uh, a tremendous benefit, um, and I think that's might be one of the things that some of our partner facilities probably say is one of the things that they uh, yeah, they, that they really, like about they hospice really is that, that. Yeah. man, when we call you and we've got a concern, you guys are able to address it right away. Um, another thing that is a, a huge benefit to hospice, each patient gets a registered nurse case manager. Now, the nice part about that with Minnesota Hospice is that we provide a dedicated registered nurse case manager for each patient because we believe that's what ensures the best uh, continuity of care rather than um, several different nurses trying to take care of your loved one. We do a dedicated nurse. Um, The Medicare requirement is just that they have an RN case manager, Um, but it doesn't mean that they has to be the same one. Okay, because that that was one of the frustrations that I know we have come across in in talking with facilities is that they a lot of places will have a pool of people and they or they just schedule people and kind of round round robin and so the problem is the patient never necessarily sees the same um, same nurse or the same aide or the same staff yeah and that's one thing that we we try to do is just always have that same team see the same patient so there's a so you get the chance to know really better about the patient's condition and and it just provides for better communication with the partner facility and with the family member that's true if they're always communicating with the same person yeah so that's that's an added benefit um, so here's another thing from uh, what you get with hospice. You get that wonderful emotional, psychological, and spiritual support through the services of our very highly trained medical social worker, mm-hmm. Heidi Simon. Yeah. At, with Minnesota Hospice, it's Heidi Simon. Um, yeah. And then non-denominational chaplains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bereavement services are also part of hospice, uh, which is a great benefit. Uh, For up to 13 months, Medicare says that hospices must offer bereavement services to a primary bereaved for up to 13 months. That doesn't mean you have to have it for 13 months. Mm -hmm. After six months, um, you could say, you know, I I think I'm really doing fine. I don't need you to contact me anymore. Um, I'm doing great. But for up to 13 months, and at Minnesota Hospice, we will even take that beyond 13 months. we look at that more from the from the philosophy that everyone grieves at their own rate. That's right. And um, someone may grieve and be back to 
I guess I shouldn't use the word normal, but, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of back to life again um, in six months. And some people, it might take two years. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't want to abandon that family member when they uh, still need us. So we will take that beyond 13 months at Minnesota Hospice, but that's not the Medicare requirement. Right. Now, is there some significance to the Medicare requirement of 13 months? Could you speak to that? Because of the anniversaries and how people deal with you know, key dates like birthdays and the anniversary of the death. And that's why... Yeah, you're describing it perfectly, Okay, people ask, but why, why 13 why months? Why 13 months? Yeah. You're describing it perfectly because that's exactly what it is. Um, because those fr- at that year anniversary of yeah, the death... That can be difficult. ...can be very difficult. And through the course of 12 months, you will have gone through probably your anniversary right. without your loved one, possibly, or the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving. You know, the first, there's going to be a lot of firsts right. in that first 12 months after their right. death. And that's why Medicare extends that to the 13 months. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, another great benefit to hospice is we provide medical equipment and supplies. So whatever you need, whether it's an oxygen or a hospital bed, I mean, those are all things that Medicare pays for. Family does not. Wow. No, no deductible, no copay. No, wow. no. That all falls under the hospice umbrella. Okay. And also uh, related medications. We also take over paying for related medications. We do not pay for medications that are not related. And a quick example of that would be, can you have gout and you take mm-hmm. medication to prevent another flare-up of your gout? Okay. That is not related to your oh. lung cancer, so we're not going to cover your gout medication. Got it. Okay. Um, or it might be the same thing with insulin. You are a diabetic, been diabetic for 30 years. Um, you are not dying from diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh so we don't cover your insulin. Would that be a Part so, D coverage then? That would still be covered under yeah. your Part D supplemental, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So many good questions, Ken. Yes, you know what? I wish we had more time. <laughs> no, time is running out here quickly on us. We will We will continue these conversations. In fact, um, uh, next show we will continue to explore the prognosis versus diagnosis. Yes. That's a key distinction for the communities and for physicians and families. And we'll talk more about that. And then after that, the next session will be about life's design, about the birthing and dying Birthing process. in and birthing out. Yes. yes. Well, you have been listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show today. I want to thank Barbara Larson, RN, Director of Clinical Services and a certified hospice and palliative care nurse for joining me today. Until next time, thank you.